Hey, this episode is sponsored by Dandy. And Dandy is a full service, fully digital dental lab based in the US. And with Dandy, you get everything you need to take your practice digital. Your workflow will be completely digital. They offer an entire range of services and products, from crowns to bridges, implants, surgical guides, veneers, partial and full dentures, night guards, and custom clear aligners, and more. And on average, practices that use Dandy see $30,000 saved right up front, 76% faster delivery, and 89% reduction in remakes. And guys, guess what? Dandy is giving you a free three-shape trio scanner. So that's already saving you over $20,000 and you'll get $250 in lab credit. So just go to meetdandy.com forward slash TDM and you can find out more. That's meetdandy.com forward slash TDM. And if you decide to try out Dandy and use that link, you will get the free three-shape trio scanner and you'll get $250 in lab credit. So go to meetdandy.com forward slash TDM or just click the first link in the show notes below. All right, let's get into this episode. Hey guys, I'm going to start answering all your marketing questions and concerns on here. I'm going to give you quick bite-sized actionable marketing strategies and tactics that will help you attract new patients immediately and grow your practice. Every Monday, a short episode will come out and each month we will be covering a topic. Topics like ground marketing, Google AdWords, internal marketing, reputation management, and more. And I will have experts, agencies, and professionals give us step-by-step instructions you can easily implement. What you're listening to will be actionable steps you can do today. No strings attached. And then you will see the results. So without further delay, let's get into our Monday morning marketing episode. Hey, Tom. So talk to us about patient retention. How can we utilize this or what advice or suggestions? Can you give us that will help us with this? Looking at new patient retention, uh, it's critical. But before we get into how to do it, let's talk about why you'd want to do it. Mm -hmm. Why is it so important? Why is it critical? Let's say a healthy new patient flow for a GP is 25 or 35, let's say per month. So I don't know, about 400 patients, new patients a year. The average lifetime value of a new patient in a a general practice is over $6,200. So that's a lot of money, lifetime value for each one who comes in and stays. If you could only increase new patient retention, let's say just by 20%, that's 80 more patients a year who are with your practice times however many years are going to be there. That one year, those 80 patients, the average lifetime value multiplied out, you're looking at just shy of 500,000. That's a half million dollars increase in the value of the practice over a few years. So we're going to talk about something that I call the 2020-20 new patient exam. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I get into detail on how to do it, let me tell you who this is not for, because it's really important that I make this clear. Even before I tell you who it's not for, we're talking about the most common kind of patient, the asymptomatic, no symptoms, comes into the office, I think everything is just fine, I'm just here for a cleaning and a checkup. If the patient has an emergency, if the patient has a broken tooth, if the patient says, I need a full mouth reconstruction, that's a different patient. What we're talking about today is retaining the vast majority of the highest likelihood of the patient coming in. And those are the people who say, yeah, I think I'm just fine. All right. So who this is not for. If you have the gift that Gordon Christensen or Pete Dawson or John Coyce or Frank Spear or or any of those guys where they can just meet a new patient who has no symptoms, thought everything was fine, sees that they really do need massive work. And within, you know, a short period of time on that first visit, you're able to get across to the patient, the relationship, the trust, and get them to say yes to, let's say, you know, 20, 30, $40,000 case then this is not for you. Now, 
I would say that the vast majority of us, I certainly am not in the category of being able to do that with an asymptomatic patient who walked in and said, yeah, I'm great. I'm fine. I don't need anything. All right. So this is for everybody else. What you want to do is you want to make sure that you're not scaring away the new patient by telling them everything that they need immediately when they told you already that they think everything is fine, that they don't have any symptoms. And by the way, I mentioned Pete Dawson. I loved Pete. Uh, He wrote the foreword to one of my books. And so I went through all of his courses and, and I learned everything. And clinically, it was amazing. The problem is, I came back into my office after two years of those courses, and and I was much better clinically. But when I tried to do what he said as far as case presentation went, you know, going through the whole thing with a brand new patient, not too long into this, Isabel, my office manager, takes me aside and she hands me this big legal pad with a bunch of names on it. I said, what's that? She said, "Uh, do you recognize these names? I said, no. I said, who are these people? She said, exactly. She said, those are all the new patients who came in once. You presented massive cases and they ran out the back door. And she handed me this thing. I was like, whoa, I had no idea. So she didn't know how to fix it. I didn't know how to fix it, but I knew I had a problem. And the Mm -hmm. problem was I was using great clinical skills, but when it came to the presentation, I was trying to do the Dawson Penke presentation and say, this is everything you need. There was no trust. There was no relationship. So over the years, I did a lot of trial and error, and I figured out a way to get by this. And I came up with three rules. So for your docs out there, if you're writing anything down at all, write down these three rules. This is for the asymptomatic brand new patient when you meet them. Number one is don't take much of their time. So a treatment plan that requires them to come back five, six, eight, ten times over the next several months, it's already going to be too much friction. Don't take much of their money. So if the out-of-pocket is, you know, under $1,000, that's fine. But if the if five, six, seven hundred dollars, that's all good. But if the out-of-pocket is going to be four, five, six, eight, ten thousand or fifteen thousand dollars, again, you're putting in stress in a relationship that doesn't need to be there yet. And you can retain that patient. If you don't do that at that point, I'm going to tell you how to do that right now. Number three is don't hurt them. Now, you may be thinking, Tom, why would I want to hurt a patient? Well, you don't want to hurt anybody, but you especially can't hurt a new patient because if you do, they're gone. So those are the three rules. What you do is you develop what I would call a phase one treatment plan, but you don't mention to the patient that it's a phase one treatment plan initially. This is where the rubber meets the road. All you're doing is developing your phase one plan. If we were back in dental school, they wouldn't have you treatment plan an asymptomatic patient from beginning to end or any patient, symptoms or otherwise, they wouldn't have you treatment plan the entire patient. You would do a first phase and then get that under control, whatever. So kind of back to the roots a little bit. Now, what could be in that phase phase one plan that won't take more than a few visits, won't take much of their money and won't hurt them, won't take much of their time? All right, you could do whatever's needed, but you could do perio phase one, deep scaling and root planning. Let's say you found some pit fissure and groove composites that were needed. You could do those. Let's say the patient requested whitening. Okay, that's fine as well. This is just some examples, but it's low cost, low impact, nothing major, not going to scare them, not going to take much of their time or money. So that's a phase one plan. Now, let's say you're looking in their mouth and you see that their posterior teeth have all these wide open margins on 30-year-old amalgams, and you probably have recurrent caries and fracture, whatever. How can you not tell them that? How can you just do a plan and tell them everything's great other than this? Well, you can't. That wouldn't be ethical at all. So I had to bridge that gap and figure out a way to present something to them that would be easy, but at the same time would be ethical and just be honest. So the way that I did that and the way I recommend doing that, let's say you're just about done with your phase one plan. So you've actually presented it and she said, yeah, that's fine. Just a couple of visits and not much money. So she's, that's fine. Then I would say, Mrs. Jones, I see that you have a number of old mercury silver fillings in the back teeth and they look like they were done quite some time ago. Is that right? And she would say, well, yeah, those were done when I was a kid. Now, you know, she's thinking that you're going to say that you need all this work in the back and crowns and mat. 
And she's thinking, oh my God, not this. I hope I don't need all this work. I don't even know this guy. These teeth feel fine. Nobody ever told me I need anything back here. I let her think what she wants to think, but I finish up the sentence with, I made a note in my record. And by the way, I did make a note in my record, so I mm-hmm. case noted this. I said, I made a note in my record that in the not too distant future, I'd like to have you back for a more complete and thorough evaluation of those back teeth, just so that we don't miss anything important. Would that be okay? And of course, she's going to say yes. She's, you know, that, that's all fine. She's not going to say no to that. And so now she's happy because at this point, all I've done is that little phase one plan. And I say, after we finish this first phase that we've just discussed, I'd like to have you back for a more complete and thorough evaluation. So now I've told her that this is a first phase, that I've not done a comprehensive exam, that I've not at all addressed all of the back things that we're looking at with all those big silver fillings, but that I do, and I might even mention to her, I do see some areas where the filling itself isn't as tight against the tooth as it used to be, and it's letting things leak in there. So that is something I'd like to take a look at just so that we don't miss anything really important. Then I go through that first phase. She accepts it. You're going to get really high acceptance of that. Again, to be clear, this is not a patient who came in with a fracture, an abscess, um, or telling you that they need a massive amount of work. Those patients know they need it. I would move forward with whatever you think is appropriate at that time with that patient. But because there's no relationship and there's no trust without relationship, and because the patient came in presenting saying, I have no problems, I think I just need a cleaning and a checkup. And that's your classic bread and butter patient who does need a bunch of work. So we don't want to scare them away. 95% of my new asymptomatic patients were really happy and they stayed with me and they came back. And then we did the next phase evaluations. It's not only credible because you're telling the truth, um, but it's something where the, when they come back, it's already a seed in their mind that they know that there's other stuff to do. And they're happy that you didn't talk about it before. You and I talked a little bit before we started that um, really, I mean, the big 800 pound gorilla in the room is insurance. I mean, and we're not going to get into insurance today, maybe another time, but, but the big 800 pound gorilla is insurance. Why? Because the vast majority of GPs in the United States are mired in PPOs and I was, I mean, I had that in my practice, my dad had it in his, and it was what was killing me. And it took me about two years to develop a system, a strategy to get out of those PPOs, but I did it, so I went 100% fee for service. And then when my dad was dying of cancer, he asked me to take over his practice and help my mom out financially because all he had was debt. He had nothing put away as in zero, no life insurance, nothing. It took my wife and me about two and a half years in that practice, the Worcester practice, to get 13 out of his 15 plans gone and make it a very profitable practice as well. And so I had mentioned uh, earlier that uh, what, what, what I have available for your listener is it's a, a free special report. It's called a four-step system that dentists use to safely and predictably withdraw from PPOs and increase net profit. So if your folks would like that, they can get it right where you see over my shoulder, www.ppofo, and fo is F-O-E, so ppofo.com. And that's... um. That's about it. I, I I hope that covered it well enough for you. No, yeah, that was fantastic, Tom. I appreciate it. And then we'll put all that in the show notes below. But real quick, I want to rewind a little bit to where we talk about don't take too much of their time. The, the three steps, don't take too much of their money. So there's three rules. Yeah. There's three rules. Rule number one is don't take too much of their time. And what I mean by time is the number of visits. Imagine mm-hmm. that you're the new patient. You don't have any symptoms. You presented to a doctor and you said, I'm just near for a checkup or a regular physical, whatever. They tell you, you need to come back for a series of additional tests and treatments and and time out of work and whatever, when you thought that there was nothing wrong and even worse, 
maybe you just moved from another town and your previous dentist, who you were with for 20 years, who you loved to death, told you you were in good shape. Again, to just to be clear, and I know I've said this a couple of times, but it's important. This is not the patient who has a fractured tooth, abscess, emergency needs, uh, or massive reconstruction, and they know it and they present that to you that I need this all fixed. This is the patient who thinks everything is just fine, and that's a lot of the patients we see today. So that was rule number one is not a lot of time. Number two, don't take much of their money. And I don't have an exact number, but I used to keep it well under $1,000. So it might be three, four, five hundred dollars $500 maximum. And then they have some insurance that kicks in you know, for part of it, uh, but, but not much out of their pocket. Number three is don't hurt them. And um, again, not to be facetious, we don't want to hurt anybody, but, but especially with a brand new patient, I mean, if you inject them for the first time and you're doing a small filling or whatever it is you happen to be doing, or you're, you're perio phase one and you hurt them, they're not coming back. I mean, there's a lot of dentists out there who'd be happy to you know, treat them and do it in a very comfortable manner. So you just have to be extra, extra kind and careful to make sure that none of that happens. And you'll retain a very high level of your, a very high percentage of your new patients. It's wonderful, man. I like the, how you broke that down with the phases too. How you kind of do it all in a slow type of growth, right? But you're building that, what you said, you're building that relationship, that trust, but you got to establish the foundation with the relationship first, right? And I feel like sometimes we just want to hurry up and well, get that in there. The, the funny thing is when my office manager in the Framingham office, Isabel, when she handed me that, that um, notepad, it was a legal pad mm-hmm. and it had pages and it scrawled of handwritten names. I was like, what is this? She said, exactly. You don't know who these people are, do you? She, I said, no. I said, Isabel, what's your point? Get, get to the point. She said, every one of those on those three or four pages is a new patient who you did the long form, you know, full exam and comprehensive treatment planning and so forth. All asymptomatic patients, all patients who came in saying, I, I think I'm fine. I just need a cleaning and a checkup. And you told them they need 10, 15, 20, 30, whatever you saw. And you were probably right, but you blew them all out the back door. And again, at that point, we didn't have a solution. So I knew I had a problem, but I didn't have a solution. And it took me a couple of years to develop what I call the 2020-20 new patient exam for maximum new patient retention. And that's what we just discussed. Nice. Awesome, Tom. I appreciate your time. And if anyone has further questions, you can definitely find them on the Dental Marketer Society Facebook group or where can they reach out to you directly? First of all, there's ppofo.com, which has my information. When they download that, that'll have all my, my contact information in there, that special report. The other thing they could do is go to my Facebook group. The Facebook group is PPO Exit. So it's a Facebook group and it's called PPO Exit. Nice. So guys, make sure you download the special report. Go in the show notes below. Everything's going to be in the show notes below. Click on the links. And Tom, thank you for being with me on this Monday morning marketing episode. Michael, thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. 